Welcome to the 4A Music Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Alexandria. I'm Amy. On this week's pod, Terry Lynn Carrington takes huge strides towards gender justice, being honest about the challenges of touring, trying not to create and analyze at the same time, new music, and more. First off, what's new? Hey. Oh, you're going to... Okay, you got it. You got it? You got it. I got it. Well, Alex and I went to hear Cecile McLaurin-Salvant last night. And I know this is not as dramatic as I would like it to be. Like, it's very dramatic in my head. And I know it's not in real life. But I'm just saying, we planned it yesterday during the night like it was like <laughs> like two hours 7 p.m maybe six and we're talking about stuff i asked her if she would come here alita moses with me on sunday and she's like cecile's at the blue note and i've i had never been there so we literally were trying to figure out when to go and we were like well we could go tonight <laughs> so we went to the 10 30 show and it was just like i forgot that i needed that kind of like it's just so easy to get caught up in in things and it was just like a great wake up call it was a incredible music Crazy. i loved watching alex listen to it <laughs> <laughs> like seriously look constipated the whole time <laughs> she does this one face where she's like i can't do it well but it was just beautiful it was like incredible music with like a dear friend that i'm excited to hang out with more Ooh, in this hey. next chapter and like yeah, it was just it was just awesome. So it really lit a fire in my soul, and, and I want to do that more. My soul that I can't get copyright. What I don't know. <laughs> You're singing it. It's okay. <laughs> so it just made me excited. I just think it's great, and it's a it's important to do things that inspire you. So that was exciting to me because I'm like, all right, that did it. Yeah, that's so that that show will do it. <laughs> She's crazy. Dude. She's crazy. Wow. She's crazy. And we had great conversation afterward. Like I was like, yeah. wow. That was the thing, not to just go on a whole tangent, but it made me like light and dark. I was like, Cecile is such an artist and very honest. All the things that an artist is that I admire, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it also just made me dark about all the all the ego and baggage and annoying things that just exist and it's like you guys just someone needs to like slap everyone lightly on the cheek and like wake everyone up <laughs> like this is the art you can yeah. make if you get out of the way of your own ego yeah exactly exactly well that is yeah. it about new york to just be like um yeah, we're gonna go see something at ten thirty, and it's gonna be a train, and we don't have to like do a thing, you know. Yeah, the worst thing happened. <laughs> I like was coming from the Bronx because I had come from this like memoriam about hundred years Asian minor catastrophe, which I don't know what it is, but anyways, <laughs> um, and my phone died, and I had no idea where I was. She showed up, and she's like, "The worst thing ever happened." 
my phone died <laughs> and I didn't know where I was. But she made it. I made it. You asked a couple, right? I asked a couple. It's like, do you know where Balloon Note is? I'm so lost. They're like, yeah, you go take a right, make uh, one block here, there. And I'm like, thanks. And I got a tote bag, by the way. Yeah, Amy got the super cute tote bag. <laughs> Like a blue note tote bag or just like yeah. store? Oh. <laughs> no, no, blue note tote bag. Was it like $50 like or was it okay? It was a lot. Wasn't it like, I'm pretty oh, sure it was like $30. Definitely more than, but it was like one of those experiential purchases. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like a t-shirt, like a concert t-shirt kind of thing. Which is so, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yes. I, how was how the blue note in general? Like we're, um. Were there other like students there or like younger folks or like was it like older touristy people? Like what what did the audience feel like at t the 1030 show on a on a Wednesday? I was thinking about that in line because I was noticing kind of like people that I perceived to be random or just like av average. That's not so bad, but you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> they just were not people. Very they were kind no, of, no. They're always no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like people who you just would, I would never associate with wanting to go hear jazz, I guess, mm -hmm. which I don't know if maybe I need to check myself, but I, there were just, yeah, there were some interesting people there. And then some really young, I noticed some like pretty yeah, young students, Yeah, but not many people our age, actually, most of them were like older folks. And then like, Maybe people just like going there on dates. I don't yeah, know. It, it like seemed random. Yeah, like date. I like who goes to on a date at the Blue Note. But that's I that's guess. that's fine if you go on a date to the Blue Note. It was amazing. We sat next to a really cool old guy who like acted like he knew every song. He's like John Dowling. I have like a record of John Dowling. He's from like the 18th century. I was like, okay. <laughs> he was actually like hilarious because he was acting like he was. Like literally Miles Davis, like he was like listing, he had, he had a list like yay big of like all the people he's ever heard at the Blue Note, but that was it. Like, it wasn't like he was a musician. It was like, oh, I heard Chick Corea and Miles and the weather report. And like, he literally went on for so long, but it was all just people he'd heard. He just kept <laughs> Pokemon. At the yes. <laughs> exactly like that's exactly what it was like <laughs> it was literally blue note pokemon it was great it was fantastic mm -hmm. that show was great thank yeah. you for convincing me to go <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> that's beautiful um alexandria how about you um uh, uh i had my first week as a professor at berkeley college of music and that was so much fun and uh i can't believe i am a professor but uh, half the students thought that I was a student when I walked in the class. <laughs> and I don't blame them. I was a student like less than six months ago. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I loved it. I'm so happy to be teaching. I'm going to learn so much. Um, I'm learning how to be like, you know, the bo borderline mean. You know what I, I feel like? I'm a story. Oh, my gosh. Do it. So I <laughs> I have this one drummer in one of my ensembles and we're learning a tune and he just has his AirPods in like on his phone, probably listening to some other music. And I was like, <clears throat> hi, I have like high expectations for my drummers. Like by the end of this tune, I, I want by the end of the class, I want you to be able to, you know, tell me the harmony, um, you know, of the tune. And so we get to the end of the class and like, 
brother can't do. And I was like, yeah, maybe you still got to work on some things, you know? Anyways, I was, you know, I was being so mean. I was like, this is usually not how I am, but I guess in order to command respect, like you have to be like, when you're five, two and you look 15, you have to be a little mean so that they can like somewhat (laughs) listen to you. It's so bad. But then I was nice the rest of the time. I was like, okay, let's have fun. But in that one moment, I was like, bro, really? Like, that's just high expectations. I don't really think that's too mean. Like, but did you, you're going to be on your phone yeah. listening to your AirPods? Like, come on. I don't think that's high expectations. I don't think that's mean either. I think that's so funny that you think like, oh, I was being so mean. I, d- I wanted people to respect me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's heavy right there, actually. But- it felt, but I'm I'm so happy. I'm like literally so happy that I'm I'm teaching because that's like my number one uh, passion. Thanks to Charlie, because Charlie literally changed my life, and he doesn't believe me when I say that. But when you have like you. a good teacher like Charlie and Peter and like all these people that mm-hmm. just like you, it makes you want to do good too. Mm-hmm. I'll buy Peter Eldridge, but I, I I'm still. Charlie. Oh my gosh, Charlie! No. <laughs> We need to, we really do need to do just one pod without Charlie so we can just do a Charlie segment yeah. where we tell our stories. <laughs> our Charlie stories. I have a stroke. <laughs> Charlie would edit it all out. He'd be like, no, thank you. Yeah, I will not be able to, the, my blood will stop in my body. My mom loves Charlie. My mom too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Love to all the moms in the world. <laughs> That's very sweet. I don't think I've even met your mom, Amy. I guess I have at like concerts or something, right? Like, no, maybe not. Because or- honestly, they didn't come until senior yeah. year. Oh, okay. Because of like the COVID stuff, but yeah. she, I, she just knows your JV too, though. She knows that. Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows that ensemble. <laughs> Historic. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I'm so proud of you both. But Alexandria, that's. I mean, it's so. It's so cool. It's so cool that you're doing that. It's it's kind of it's surreal, honestly, a little. Bit. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool, but same. Um, how yeah. is your? T- oh, I almost switched over. Oh no! I, how are you I was going to say like all of that, like all of the stuff that that you were just kind of talking about. I I feel that struggle like all the time. You know, like I like every day, like every day I walk into a classroom, there's a little bit of that kind of thing. Like, what's gonna happen? Like, how's everyone mm. gonna? How's everyone going to interact with me? You know, and yeah. that's, like, that's such a determining factor of like how, like what the, what I'm going to do, like what, what <laughs> I'm going to have to do in class, you know, to kind of like make things happen. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought like each teacher would be the same for each class, but no, like you kind of have to like, I like kind of switch up. Like one of the classes I'm super goofy. I'm like, Oh yeah. And like, <laughs> they love it. And the other class I'm like, okay. <laughs> so see i feel kind of dumb because i did not i had not considered maybe what it felt like for the teacher even in college me i mean me neither you know just yeah. while i'm waltzing in like la 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 woohoo class <laughs> like but it's for the teacher it's such a thing too like how to command respect in a comfortable space and like get across what you want to get across yeah so i've never thought about that really well, and like I said, I think respect is a pretty low bar. To, I, I think like, on, and honestly, I think when people, when students, when it seems like, in my experience, I think when students seem like they're not being respectful, it's not actually that they're being disrespectful. It's often something else, like something else. Mm-hmm. 
And mostly it's that they're really freaked out. You know, it's like mm. a defensive mechanism. You yeah. Know? And, um, especially like freshmen in college or that kind of thing. Like they're they're just trying to survive. Like that's survival. Like they're there's like a there's like a shield around them, and sometimes that means putting my headphones in. Sometimes that means like not trying. It's it's like so crazy to me. <laughs> like for what I'm. <laughs> But honestly, like a defense mechanism, just like I don't, I don't really care what you're saying, and I'm not gonna try. And it's like not because they really want to do that. Like they showed up, yeah. they still showed up. It's like, yeah, like I am, I'm like one millimeter away from complete a meltdown and like my psyche exploding inside of my body. And so like I have to do this as like a coping mechanism. Yeah, that's fair. As a yeah, teacher, it's hard. I never to thought like, of that. Yeah, as a teacher, it's hard not to be like, this is obviously about me. <laughs> like, they are right. disrespectful to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because um, how can you not? It's such a personal art. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's not, it's not. Yeah, that's a good perspective to have, too. Like, okay, like, yeah, like, they're, like, it's not only about me. Like, I'm here for them. Mm -hmm. So whatever way I can, or we can understand what they're going through and yeah be somewhat of a mind reader i don't know <laughs> well the teacher too like as a role is selfless right yeah. kind of well yeah all the way all the way all the way it can be all the way full send it can be you know it can be selfless um but yeah i in there's so much to say about all that and i don't know but yeah no i i um I didn't have a lot of guidance in that process, like the first time teaching at the college level and stuff. It was just kind mm -hmm. of like I walked in the room and it was like, okay, I, like this is yeah. this is crazy. I need to this <laughs> yeah. Oh no, yeah. First day, just got it. I didn't even have a key. Uh, like <laughs> my boss had to let me into the room, oh, so it looked like even more that I was a student. Yeah. Like, and so then I finally got a key. I'm like, ah, I'm a powerful key. Open yeah, the yeah, door. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. that that Alex, that was like the same thing for me this semester. <laughs> I was like, I think I need a key for this room, and everyone's like, No, definitely no need. You're a key good. For room. You don't need a key. <laughs> I kind of think I need a key. I show up, definitely need a key. <laughs> and then I'm like oh. in a basement somewhere. I'm like wandering around, like, can someone unlock this door for me? And it's like, no. I, I thought, luckily a student helped me. Like they were like, Oh yeah, I know a guy, and it was like, Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. And this is like, um, you know, 15 years or something of teaching at the college level. And I still feel that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to think I'm such an asshole. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, where did he get this guy to teach this class? You know, He doesn't even have a key. He have a key. Does he even work here? Are we sure he's our teacher? <laughs> no. I've never met him before. Yeah. It's funny. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Um, so uh, my, my thing I want to talk about this week is like was a little bit of an interesting thing. So I, um, Ethan Iverson, who's a jazz piano player, uh, famous for um, famous for being the piano player in the Bad Plus, that trio, but yeah. um, now does a bunch of different stuff and plays with a bunch of people and uh, is also on the faculty at New England Conservatory. Um, we've we've kind of we I think I think actually the first newsletter that we all wrote together we were we were kind of all reacting to this post or this blog post from Ethan about right. like the you know the new like a new jazz pedagogy or a new jazz education that kind of thing talking mostly about yeah. 
but he posted this thing yesterday right. that like really triggered me in a very strange way and i kind of oh, no. i kind of understand what, what why but um but uh so he he tweeted and he said this is um in in response to uh something else from um uh another jazz musician but he said the more that i learn about the tradition the more i think jazz is not improvisation it is a repertoire including what gets played in the solos billy hart calls it america's classical music for many reasons so he he posted this and then there there have been like pages and pages of tweets basically like in response to this and his responses to things and like him continuing to, to kind of debate this idea and talk about all these different examples of all these different musicians. Um, I I will put the link to his original tweet in the in like the show notes and stuff. But um, mm. you know, and I, I kind of understand his point. I've heard this point before, um, but it's it's really interesting to me. And I feel like right now where I'm sitting, I disagree with this that I mm. that. Um, that I, I, I feel like this is a definition of jazz that it's, that is like the music and the, you know, that it's the songs and, mm. and that part of the songs. Um, so, uh, let me back up for one second. So part of his argument too, is that the solos that we hear that are like the iconic solos from the canon, I'm sorry if this is getting like really academic or like really in the weeds of like no, jazz no. stuff, but, I'm in. but, um, Same. So like the solos that are in the canon, so like um, uh, John Coltrane on Giant Steps, Miles Davis on So What, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Bill Evans on Sunday at the Village, Van or uh, like Waltz for Debbie, you know, like mm. all these these iconic solos, um, you know, Monk Monk on Straight No Chaser, that that um, these solos are actually more more composition than they are improvisation that the composition thing is more the the solos in these solos that we revere and transcribe and all that kind of stuff are more are are less in real time than is kind of the um is kind of the assumption or something or is kind of is or is, mm. is or is the um kind of the general thinking about these kind of things that if you listen to multiple takes of of Coltrane playing on giant steps, like it's a lot of the same stuff. Um, just maybe in, it's like a lot of the same Lego bricks and maybe some of the same Lego bricks in the same combinations and all that kind of stuff. And, mm. and, and that I think is kind of empirically true. However, um, I think that that is just kind of like one definition of what that is. And I think that like, I think that it, it is possible to have other definitions we know that it's possible yeah. to have other definitions of what jazz is because there are all these definitions of it out in the world. And I, I've told students as recently as this last week <laughs> that like, if you improvise on a song, then it's like, then it's jazz. It's not only jazz. Like it's not, it does not like, that's not in this, it, it does not exclude that. It's like maybe also R and B or that it's maybe also a singer songwriter thing or that it's whatever, you know, that it's maybe, it, you know, um, whatever. But the, um, and I, I think I actually, I generally have landed in the, in the, on the side of things where I think this, this, con this conversation about styles and genres and stuff is like really annoying and actually just like, make, like, 
causes a lot of fights. But this right. is exactly kind of what's happened right now. Like this thing, this kind of <laughs> come up because I I actually care much more about improvisation than I do about jazz. And maybe then that's just kind of like where I personally sit in in my universe. But like I get very an I I feel a lot of angst about this kind of take on jazz because it reminds me a lot of the take on that I felt, or it reminds me a lot of the feelings I I felt about classical music when I was younger. Mm. And it was like, I was 18, 19 and they were like, this is classical music. This is the thing. This is the tradition. These are the songs. This is the way you do it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you're just a vessel for this stuff, the stuff that other people have written. And, and for me, I, my whole body and soul rejected that. And I was like, I think that that's, that's fine for other people. That's just not, that's not me. You know, that's not me. That's not, that's not what I want to be for. (laughs) Like that's not what I want to be for. And so it was like, so then it was jazz, you know? And, and for me, that was like the, the idea of improv, you know, um, improvisation was the thing that actually led to everything else. Like, why do I care about any jazz repertoire? It's because like, oh, it's like it's like a fun playground to improvise over or play with. Like, it's a fun toy to do this thing. Like, I think of it more as a play in the sport. You know, it's like calling a play mm-hmm. in the huddle. You know, like, let's run this play. And yeah. like, but still I'm going to play the football game and I'm going to do crazy stuff. And like, I'll be in the play. I'll be out of the play. I'll make <laughs> mistakes. I'll do surprising, cool things. And I just think that this definition of jazz as like when when we get into like the when we just are when we're pounding on this idea of tradition and repertoire and stuff this and this idea of america's classical music i think it uh, for me it makes me feel all these really toxic feelings and i get why i get why why someone like billy hart you know back especially back in the day and all this kind of stuff and 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 other people like uh, other other musicians um you know were really pushing for this to be classical music I, I think part of that was about um i'm making a huge speech i'm sorry but like part of this no, is, part of that was about like money and it was about status and like all right. taken seriously Getting it institutionalized yeah yeah and um and to and um yeah, I just I'm I worry that we're gonna make we're gonna make all the same. It's like we're gonna repeat the mistakes of the our fathers or something. You know, it's like in this mm. way where it's like we're gonna repeat all the mistakes of classical music in that like that Western tradition. We're gonna we're gonna repeat all those mistakes and uh, by going down this road uh, more yeah. fully than we already are. But anyways, this is this is kind of like I it, it's weird because like I I understand what he's saying and I think that that's like I think that that's part of it or something but it's the way that some of this stuff is presented too it's like this is what it is and if you don't think this way then you're doing something else you know it's so close-minded i was gonna say why it's supposed to be freedom music sorry yeah yeah yeah. i don't know but that's so interesting that you like this correlation with classical music because yeah classical music did actually start off improvised and then later down the line it became this whole like oh like we have to play it in this order we have these forms and all this stuff and cool but like jazz and improvisation is definitely like a part of that it has to be 
I just feel like also, isn't it about like the person's voice? Cause this is, this reminds me of when people are like, well, there's no new idea under the sun. Like, I feel like there's a subset of people who are super dark on being creative question mark. Because <laughs> like, they're like, well, that's already been thought of, or like, that's this idea. Like to me, it feels like maybe that's part of this like presentation is like, okay, fine. If there's a vocabulary or like a sort of like like repetitive i liked what you mm. use like lego blocks and even using them in the same combinations but my question is like why is that why does that make it like wrong I, I or guess something the only way that makes it less creative is if you kind of tap if you remove yourself and you're just kind of like oh uh you use the word vessel but also maybe like a Soldier? like a robot or something <laughs> like jazz robot just like executing something it kind of takes to me it takes like the what you're saying like the spirit out of it or like the 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 freedom that's like a i think like a big overarching idea but then also maybe in a smaller way like the personal freedom yeah. too like the voice out yeah. of it jazz is not improvisation I can understand him saying jazz is not improvisation, but maybe jazz is not only improvisation. Mm. It's like something that is with like maybe even just changing the wording of whatever he said. Yeah. Because it's not only improvisation, but that that is a part of it. I don't know. Yeah. And I, um yeah, and I don't want to also be misrepresenting what he he's saying to you because obviously on a tweet you're not able to like fully express a thing. But um, yeah. so I so I totally encourage people to go check it out if, the, if you're at all interested in this idea. But um, yeah, yeah, it just kind of like it, it like initially kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I think maybe that mean that's has more to do with me maybe than other things even. But. Um, but I get very I get very nervous about that. I mean, in some ways, though, part of his argument reminds me, Amy, what you were talking about last week. You know, in 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 relationship to your dad and like how strongly he feels about like learning tunes and stuff is the way yeah. kind of like to learn the thing. And I think that's kind of what uh, Ethan Iverson is also kind of saying. Like that's part of his his earlier writing that he did a few few weeks ago about like kind of like how to learn how to play jazz, and that you know his his argument is is kind of like you know, the way that we teach jazz right now is kind of bogus where it's like, okay, if you play, um, if you play, so what, like you can just, you know, for three quarters of the tune, you can just play all the white keys on the piano, you know, and like it all like works. And, and I've definitely said things to those, like to that effect as like, uh, in, in a way where it's like, yeah, well, you know, like, I know this feels really overwhelming, but like, you could just simp you can simplify all these things in these kinds of ways. Um, and I get that that like that doesn't lead to playing as a part of this tradition, but I also kind of like honestly, and this comes from someone who has a doctorate in this thing. I kind of don't really give a shit about the tradition as much as I do about like I give a shit about like making new stuff and like mm. being here and now. Like I can, yeah. I I think history is really cool, but like um, not I don't think it's as cool as right now. And I'm not as excited about history as I am about the future and the potential of all of that. And and so, like, I think it's like, yeah, that's cool, and I want to learn about it. And and I think there's a lot we can learn. And I respect all, I respect everybody that's done that thing. At, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's just kind of like, but I'm like, I I'm not them, 
and like like they don't give a shit about me <laughs> you know it's like whatever and yeah. like a lot a lot a lot of these a lot of these jazz musicians that we revere were like horrible people and like they were like actively like i'm the best no one's ever going to be like no one's ever going to be as good as me no one's ever going to do anything like this you know and it's like i don't know it it just it just is complicated it's not like it's not like oh i need to go lay flowers at the grave of these people you know and i'm a white man from wisconsin and it's like i don't even really know if i can play i don't i don't know if i'm even able to play in that tradition you know i think i have my own tradition that's like influenced by that but is also influenced by you know, like Paul Simon and, you know, the Packers and stuff and whatever, you know, like whatever that is, like all, all the stupid yeah. stuff. So, um, it's meaning. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, it's complicated. It, that, it's complicated. Me and Amy were talking about that literally, like somebody put out a record and we we're like, oh, we could have heard that in, in 1968. Yeah. We were just saying how it's, it's interesting to hear, like, I think influence is like incredible. Like we were in Cecile, yeah. we were hearing like everybody, like Nancy, Dinah, everybody, everyone. Betty, Betty. Yeah. But then with the, yeah, we were just talking about how when, when something, and this is not Cecile, but when, when something feels like a replicate or just kind of like a, yeah. It, it's just been comfy. Like what we are, we were talking about, like what's next? Like that's yeah. been done. Then who are you type of thing? Yeah. Like what's next? What are you bringing? Like, yes, Cecile, but like, she's a great example of like respecting. Of transcending. Yeah. Like she played some stuff from like the 1700s and she like killed it and she made it her own and she like yeah. broke whatever rules there were. She was improvising on classical music. So what is that? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I think maybe too. The, <laughs> what did you say? I said it's a great question. That's a great question. What is it? That? Is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny too. Like, I think um, it's just interesting. It's interesting to see what upsets people in the way of like she was singing things last night that I think maybe some more traditional. Uh, classical voice teachers might be like, well, like, you know, open the whatever and do the thing. And also I'm not knocking technique. Cause I like technique is, I love technique. <laughs> I could talk a long time about that. Like, I really think it's cool to figure out where things are easiest to sing all the things, whatever. But the point is like her artistry was the priority and she was doing things on purpose and making choices, which yes. to me is like, I guess to compare it to life, it's like, making choices is more important than just like trying to make sure it's like everything is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And you know, like what's the point of that? Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. But yeah, jazz is jazz is jazz is jazz. Well, jazz also, is what you make of it. That's what I was just, I like that what you, Charlie, to me, like you were just kind of like, I don't know. It's this and it's that. And also the other thing, I think like, I'm cool with like leaving it there because I can't be more like I'm so uncomfortable being like, and this is what I say. Concrete, <laughs> it's done. You know, because yeah. everything's changing. Like I change my mind. <laughs> I 
your mind like every day. Whenever I learn new things, I'm like, well, guess I might have been wrong about that one. Wayne Shorter says jazz means I dare you. Oh, I love that. Which is cool. Really? Yeah. I think that's kind of amazing. It's like, yeah, I dare, I dare you to what? Like, the, which means, I mean, it, for me, that means it's there, some type of like perpetual motion. Like, I dare you to what, huh? Come at me, bro. You know, like, yeah. what's gonna happen next? That's what's cool. next? That also opens like a thing where you can be yourself. It's not as kind of closed-minded. Yeah. It's kind of like, huh? Exactly. Well, and you know, yeah, and that that. Wayne Shorter Quartet that has like, you know, that has Danilo and Brian Blade and John Patitucci in it. Like that, that quartet, I think that's a quartet, right? Yeah. I don't think there's another horn player. That quartet was like, they walk on stage and Wayne is just like, pop, 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 and everyone kind of like plays that, you know, it's like, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, um, did they, I know they didn't work that stuff out beforehand, you know? No, it's completely I, like free. Yeah. And there's no, tra- there's no like, there's no repertoire there really, you know, it's like, I remember going to see them when I was in college, like they came to my college when, when I was an undergrad and it was just kind of like, at some point they kind of played a little snippet of footprints or something. And it was like, literally just like Wayne, like Wayne Shorter being like, that on the, like on the live album, it's like footprints. And it's like, sure like there none of the chords are like no one's playing the chord like there's no harmony from that song and like that is a little snippet of a thing but so it's like is that jazz and and like shouldn't we i i don't know i i um from an educational point of view too like there's this whole kind of thing where like shoving i could we could do like four hours of a podcast on this like so i'm just so wound up about it but like you know you can um i had this conversation this week uh, about the like learning classical music like being like uh, there's a whole thing where people are like should should every singer learn how to sing like some classical music or like have some experience of doing like an aria or singing an art song or something like that you know if they're if they're a voice major or something and and um I have a similar feeling about that that I do about like the tradition of like jazz repertoire where I'm just kind of like if I if I have to like convince a student that they should do that or that it's good for them or something like that, it's like I've already lost. Like I've already we've already missed the the complete mm. point of why that could be cool or interesting for them. You know, it's like yeah. almost every student I've had for a few years or something at some point is like, you know, I'm kind of curious about this other thing. Like, could we do that kind of a thing or what? You know, it's like that most people kind of get to the point where they're they're like, oh yeah, I want. I'm kind of interested about like learning about some older version of this, you know, or like the mm-hmm. where. What's the tradition of this, you know? It's like, but it's kind of like reading. It it's like when your teachers when when my teachers made me read like in school, I like it was so pain. It was so excruciatingly painful for me, you know, because I just felt so dumb about it. I was like a slow. I'm I'm still a very slow reader, but it's like, um, when it when I was completely out of school. And I started kind of like getting curious about it. I was like, oh, maybe I would like to read a little bit. And now I just have like stacks and stacks of books. I like love reading so much. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like I came to it on my own and I, and I like found, like I, I, I get it. And, and when someone was telling me I needed to do it that, it, that was really rough for me. And I think the same thing is like going down this road by talking about like, 
you have to learn like the old um, Count Basie heads or something like that. If you don't do that, like you're not a jazz musician, it's like that's a great way of like kind of turning a lot of people off of this thing. Yeah. But, um, it's also, I cut you off. I, I need it to be cut off. I need to be cut off. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I think that the weirdest part is like the artists that we love so much or admire so much are just doing whatever the bleep they want. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. and the weird thing is, it's like, I guess it's kind of like being a human too. Like the more self-aware and aware of other things you are, like maybe that's that leads to some depth. But also like if you're just if you're just learning something because you were told you have to, you lose the depth anyways. Yeah. So it's like people who shed the things. Oh my gosh, Alex is saving me with a charger right now. My my computer's fully dying. Not to just like take the wind out of this. I just don't want to also have a computer die. But it's funny to me that it just it seems like kind of a loop because it's like if you want to shed the thing, then it's going to show that you shed yeah. the thing and then you did the other thing. And that's awesome. But then as soon as it's because you have to or because it's like something else, it yeah. just things get convoluted and weird and it's like but if it is if it is jazz, like you need to know about this so you can be self-aware, but you can't force self-awareness on other people yeah. or depth on other people. I don't know. Was that even a complete <laughs> thought? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me while I plug this in. Well, um I will I will wrap up by saying I, I very much respect Ethan Iverson as a musician and as a thinker and all that kind of stuff. I think he's really smart. So and, and I respect I respect his opinion on this and that he's like I think it also takes some bravery to kind of like go out and say something like that, you know, knowing yeah. that it's gonna like it's gonna definitely be at least fifty fifty at best case scenario. <laughs> You're gonna be upset about it, like I kind of was. But um again I encourage everyone to go check out his uh his real words. Um, his real words. <laughs> his real words on this and not my uh whatever, not my hot take. <laughs> no. Well uh Speaking of jazz, <laughs> um, should we hop into the newsletter? Yeah. Let's go. NEA Jazz Master, drummer and educator Terry Lynn Carrington published new standards, 101 lead sheets by women composers. Ah! I, I love this woman. She's like, I, remember that one week we were talking about like mentors mm -hmm. and like take them, have them taking you under her wing and under their wing and like really like just like nurturing you she just did this with all of she did i'm about to cry well she did it for like women in jazz and she did it for like her friends that deserved like the spotlight and now they have like women of all ages that she's probably mentored or have mentored her have now like a book awesome and then like in the process like my friends worked on the book too like and they're so young and like i don't know she's just like i love this woman even though i've only met her like twice and I know she, but like, wow, her artistry and then just like 
her doing this. Anyway, so buy this book. Um, for too long, jazz standards have all been almost exclusively men. Speaking of like repertoire and you know all this stuff, um, but this is um, a book. Uh, it's on sale. You can get it at Barnes and Noble or actually anywhere, Amazon, all your your favorite places. But it includes so many different eras from Lil Hardin, Armstrong, all the way up to Lena Penderhues, Cassandra Wilson, Esperanza, of course. Um, shout out Devin Gates. Um, she's great too. She has one of her, she's like a super young bassist and vocalist who's super killing. Um, anyways, uh, this is just like a continuation of Terry's efforts, um, in providing ginger justice to jazz. Um, she's been doing this through her Berkeley, uh, ginger and jazz and, uh, ah, gin, jazz and ginger justice Institute at Berkeley, um, where she's, you know, doing a lot of work there with, um, Breaking the patriarchy um, and jazz. So I don't know what else to say about this book other than that it has been needed in the jazz world for a really long time. And I hope that other institutions will consider having this be a part of the standard repertoire, I guess, or just at least um, having their students hip to a lot of this Exposing music. Exposing people to it. Yeah. yeah to these uh, composers and women that are just badasses and deserve the same amount of recognition, if not more, <laughs> than you know, the people that we already know about and love as well. That's all I have to say about that. There's been really yeah. great buzz about this, um, just around, like in all kind of, in all the sectors, at least that I'm kind of like aware of, there, there have been people talking about it and like people are just kind of like, I don't know, coming up to the people and like, have you heard about this book and like the, all this kind of, and it's just like, it's so cool. I don't, I don't actually remember um, energy like this about something like, like something like this, like a book <laughs> of music um, for, for like almost like kind of forever. So, um, is is obviously like a huge deal and i think like yeah and it's not just kind of like what you're saying alexandria it's like you know the it's not even just like the music and stuff it's just like the um like the savvy of this like the the to, yeah. to get this done and to get it done so well and yeah. and to have such like great buzz and press about it and like and um and uh like visibility I think it's just like, you know, it's so huge and, and it's like exactly what the, what the time calls for. We need like, we need like a hundred more of these books and, uh, yes. you know, we just need it to be super accessible to everybody and all of that kind of stuff, you know? It's so important for little girls. Yeah. Just makes me think yeah. about like young girls starting out on an instrument or whatever they want to do. Just so they know that they can. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I can, I can, I'm like hoping in the future, you know, like you see everyone have like a real book and their, you know, bookshelf if they're like a jazz musician. And I'm hoping this book is like, I mean, she says volume one. So obviously there are going to be other volumes. And I'm excited. I'm so excited about that. But I hope that becomes a part of the new, you know, it, the, uh, everyone has this book on their bookshelf. 
type thing and yeah you know and it's it not only inspires like just you know musicians can be musicians but not every musician is a composer so to inspire not only like women musicians but also to inspire those you know maybe they're musicians but now they're inspired to be more taking a more compositional stance mm-hmm. on things and i don't know it, yeah i i have so much respect for this woman yeah I think next step is like not having a separate book. That's the, you know, that's each yeah. uh, by women composers is kind of like, um, I, this has been a, a topic of conversation of the way that kind of, we've been talking about diversity too, and like repertoire and all that kind of stuff where it's like the, and this happens too at schools when it's like, we need more diverse faculty. And so they just like hire another faculty member, but they don't like do the hard work of like, having it be kind of like integrated and like, you know what I mean? Like like feeling like it's like, no, we actually like rewrite this, you know? And so (laughs) I think this is a great first step um, or first, I'm sure it's not the first step. I'm sure there has been a lot of steps along the way. Like there's been a lot of progress and hard work and for a long time by, by a lot of awesome people, but like, but it's kind of like, we need to go back and just like tear up all those old books (laughs) now and like, you know, just integrated and just like fit it all to you know put it all together and and have it be more balanced and all that kind of stuff like from the from brass tacks you know or like from traditional kind of stuff um but this is a this is a huge first step and like yeah everyone needs to have this on there even if you're not a jazz musician anything like i think like everybody needs to have this book on their um on their bookshelf and like check it out it is so diverse too musically um yeah that there's like really kind of something for everybody there, you know, there's weird stuff. There's like straight ahead stuff. There's like, you know, poppier stuff or whatever. There's like all different kinds of things here. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. I was just so excited when I, yeah. Okay. So our next point brings us to a man named Skip Greer, who is a Rochester, uh, cat. (laughs) Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, here's a quote by him. You can't create and analyze at the same time. So this is something that I was exposed to, I guess, the summer after my junior year of high school. I did this five-week theater program. And this guy is kind of like the the idea vat of the whole thing at this place called Jiva Theater. So um, Skip Greer is an actor, director, and teacher, and he's the artist-in-residence and director of education at Jiva Theater. So Jiva is really cool because it's a regional theater, but they have this education wing that just deeply invests in the community and in young artists. Um, and this quote in particular, I just, it changed my life, really, because it's like something I'm constantly battling is like letting go of of the practice mentality and then just letting myself experience and like be and kind of just learning how to do that. Um, And so, I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot about how powerful mentors can be and the things they say and the Mm -hmm. way that they are and the things that they do, like all these things I think are so influential to not necessarily young artists, but just impressionable artists, like artists who are learning. Um, And Skip is somebody who 
just like he just cares so much about creating something and making change um yeah and then i think really the 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 kicker <laughs> that mm -hmm. i see here is i just think it's amazing how a mentor's philosophy and character can affect the lives that they influence mm. so preach yeah just been thinking about good teachers yeah they started a new thing too they started the actor's studio of rochester uh so what they have is like professionals all across the theater industry um, who want to create a home for artists to learn, grow, explore, create, and incubate artistic ideas. The thing I love about this is that's what Jiva felt like to me. It's mm. like you see all of these professionals doing their thing and it's so collaborative and inspiring to be around because it's so real life, but somehow the art thrives. It has like um, one of those colony feelings. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like where it's it's so insular, but it still feels like, oh, things can happen in real life, you know? <laughs> I like that. I the the one like as a mentor, you have the ability to mold someone else's reality. So it's not something that you should take lightly. And it sounds like this man does not take that lightly. Like creating a space where you can cultivate such a unique not unique, but like deserving space of creativity that allows for growth and artistry and being oneself mm -hmm. and being true to one's values. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And that can only that can only facilitate and create, make good, honest artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good teachers. <laughs> we gotta kick Charlie off. Cause so we can talk about him. Yeah, for real. You don't need to talk about me. We're talking about Skip here. They changed your life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the quote from this, I don't know if you I don't know if you said it, Amy, but the um the quote that we pulled was uh decide who you are and let that take you oh, where yeah. you're going. Don't get to where you're oh, going. My God. And then try to decide who you are. It'll be too late. No. This is one of Skip's like specialties too, is just saying these things that are so obvious, but then he says it and you're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this just feels like at the heart of this conversation I have with so many of my students where they're like, I'm just trying to figure out my sound, you know? And that to me very, very much feels like, I think what there's, it sounds like what they're saying is like, I just want to figure out who I am. I don't think mm -hmm. that's what they're saying, though. I think they're saying, like, I just want to know what my first album is going to sound like that everyone's going to love, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, that I'm going to get yeah. that five-star review. I just want to know what that sounds like, you know? And it's like, I do really think that's kind of where you're going, you know? Like, that's like a, that feels like more like a, they're interested in their de in the destination, you know? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, what What is that going to look like? What's that stamp? And, it, mm. and, and so it's kind of like, well, um, it, it's impossible to know like it if you if you decide what that is now like that will be pretty fake i think and pretty pretty manufactured yeah. and and probably a, a probably a cheap copy of something else you know mm. and, I, and i'm here for copying stuff i'm here for stealing like an artist you know like <laughs> steal ideas that you like or whatever and like put them through your filter but um but that that kind of whole thing of like yeah like strip everything strip all that other stuff away that you know 
like most of the, I think most of my influences, like how I sounded when I was like 18, 19, 20 was like a combination of like mostly things that I had listened to when I was like 13. <laughs> but, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know why I'm just like copying and pasting like ad nauseum these things that I like liked when I was 13. Um, I'm like, that's not, is that really who I am? Like, I listened to like Weird Al Yankovic and stuff when I was 13. I listened to, the ah! I listened to so much garbage. I was like, mu mu like movie soundtracks and stuff. It was like, oh I don't know. I was like, I was like, this, that's not who I am, you know, but, um, yeah, but this seems like a beautiful, a beautiful kind of thing. Yeah. Mentorship teachers, uh, like, um, reach out to your, reach out to your mentors and teachers and tell them, thank you. Yes. yes. And the read the 4A yeah. article on mentorship. On mentorship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did some of that this summer, like just reaching out to some of my old teachers and stuff that, that I was not super in touch with, but that had, had been really positive influences on me. And they were like shocked. They were like, uh -huh. Oh my God, Charlie, I had no idea. Um, it's so. like life's changing things that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Also, call your parents. Okay, next. Yes. <laughs> your grandparents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Um, our last uh, primary A for the for this week newsletter newsletter was the challenges of touring that no one talks about, and I think I, you know. So there there's um, a Twitter post. This is actually maybe a m over a month ago that I'd kind of like saved because I was like, man, I want to talk about this. This is kind of interesting, and I haven't really had a chance to to post it before or share it, but. Um, uh, Michaela Ann, who um, is a Nashville-based singer-songwriter, uh, posted on Twitter. This is like a theme for me, I guess, <laughs> of my life. It's like, Twitter. I saw this on Twitter and I had feelings. Um, yes. But, uh, but, uh, but basically, her first tweet was, every musician I know who's out touring, releasing records, and looking like their careers are going great. When we talk one-on-one, -on -one, every single one shares how financially, emotionally, logistically stressful and challenging it really is behind the scenes. The crux of this, of her of her message, and she had a, a huge response to this from a bunch of musicians, but the kind of, uh, kind of wrapping up her thoughts on this was, um, basically, it's wild times right now. I personally think the only way to keep on keeping on is through honesty and community. Mm. Um, and this is kind of this thing where it's like, if everyone's blinking, then we can all pretend... Like it's really easy and glamorous and that the food is always really nice and everyone always treats us really nice on the road and like we're all rock stars and whatever and we're making tons of money. But um, I don't know. I think that I think that messes everybody. I think that kind of messes us all up because mm. then when we're there, um, then when we're there and it's not like that, we're like, oh, obviously I failed at this. But it's like, oh, no, actually you're doing it. <laughs> like you're really actually doing it. You're succeeding at this, but this is actually what succeeding at this looks like. Um, and so if you came here for the fancy Instagram meals or the whatever, oh the gosh. parties or something, it's like. What I, if we just accidentally shut down all social media for like four months and didn't explain it, it to, to anyone? Be accidentally. I'm just saying, like, I just think I hate it anyway. Or what, yeah. what if we were just honest on social media? No, I hate that's, be real. That's worse though. Because what happens, yes, because TikTok was cool at the beginning because people were being themselves, but then they realized people were watching them and then they started being themselves as if people were watching them. True. You yeah. know, like no, it's so right. rare for people to be like, I don't know. 
really truly who they are but in they, front of so many people but you do that on the street too you know what i mean like we think people are watching us like you know when you fall yeah. going up the stairs <laughs> and you're, yes you're like oh i hope no one saw that <laughs> so, like it's in some sense we may be always feeling watched. yeah but when it's like produced things though yeah i don't know maybe maybe i should back off i feel like i'm coming on strong no with no this, no you're but not. i just like i used to, i've been thinking about this so much because i used to like put things on my story and now I just can't do it anymore. I just can't do it. I just feel so weird. I just think it's weird. It's like, I don't know. It, it creates such a false sense of like something like community, but it's not at all. Mm, yeah. But more than that, I think the weird part is like the, the idea of like the larger scale stuff, like people who blow up over being like, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the first video that was like genius comedy and beautiful humanness turns into this like I'm so weird and cool and different. Hey guys, this this video is brought to you by our great sponsor this week. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for sponsoring me this week. Um something super relatable. I'm just a girl in the world. It's <laughs> now being sponsored. It's anyways. I I I totally feel you. I and I agree I agree with both of you. I I think I think actually part of the the biggest rub for me is this kind of like mixing of the professional and personal life. Like mm -hmm. in like Instagram and some other things are really in some ways the only way that I I seems like I can actually communicate in any sort of way with my with some of my friends. Like some of my friends are just I can send them a text message or something and they will like not respond. Or some of my friends are like not that good of friends that if like I send them a text message, they're going to think I'm like, it's a scam <laughs> or something, you know, but, um, but like, wait, that happened to me. Cause I texted a family friend that I moved and he texted my mom. <laughs> he was like, is that Amy? Cause he's a family friend of my parents. Anyway, he was like, she are you sure like, that's her? Should I send her? My <laughs> anyway sorry um yeah no for real i think there's that thing but then i also like and then social media is also there's a monopoly you know like google and facebook and the things that they own like that 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 accounts for something like over 80 percent or something of marketing of all oh! mar of all marketing dollars really? stuff. it's like 80 percent, you know and um and it's like so if you want to promote something you're doing you release an album you have a show whatever you know it's like if you want to release anything you're doing and these are like the platforms that we're actually like creating our thing on like it's we're creating our music yeah. you know it's like there was a like i especially during but it's the not pandemic, a platform sorry it's not a platform i don't know i just feel like it doesn't make any sense like the art doesn't make sense there because yeah, it doesn't it's like this idea this of like why this is confusing though and i think this is why it's complicated yeah. why people have complicated feelings because like i mean are like record like our recordings a platform are is mm. like age a platform you know like they're like our record labels a platform our streaming services a platform our is radio a platform is television a platform you know and it's like all of these things are also taking advantage of musicians you know like they're yeah. they're making money off that stuff if they didn't make money off of musicians like musicians wouldn't be allowed on it you know like basically they, they wouldn't be music on any of these things like yeah yeah my sorry there wouldn't be gigs you know people weren't making True. money from it my biggest like 
I get so mad whenever I see someone lip syncing on like TikTok and you think that it's actually the person and that's like total erasure of whatever the artist just put out and people don't take the extra step to put look who put out the actual sound that's on the TikTok. Yeah. Let's just not even I I'm going to get so mad. That's like total <laughs> erasure of of artistry <laughs> like it like that they didn't even try to hide it. They didn't even try to hide it. You could try to hide it, but th that's like blatant erasure of artistry. This is the podcast where everyone gets upset. And so I think <laughs> I are, I'm already knowing, like based on Alex's saying at the end of the pod, it's like, that's actually so apropos for like what this pod is going to be called. Cause it's like, we're all kind of like, oh my God, I'm raging. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to kind of wrap this thing up, it's like, it's not musicians' fault because they're doing, like, what they're doing is trying to promote their thing. And, like, I, yeah. it's not just other musicians that are, it's, it's you know, least of all other musicians that are seeing what they're posting. It's, like, their fan base and, and potential fan base and all that kind of stuff that are seeing their thing. And it's, like, I don't know, if I see someone, like, eating in a, in, in a McDonald's, and like they have, it looks like they haven't showered for like days and they're like living out of a van. And it's like, do I really want to go pay $30 to see them? You know, like maybe I'm like, are they legit or something? You know, it's like we, and, and I'm just being honest about it. Like I, I, I don't feel good about feeling that, but like, even when I like, if I'm scrolling through YouTube or I'm going to like listen to a podcast, I'm like, okay, they have this guest. I've never heard of them before. Like, I don't know. That's a, that's a heavy lift for me. Like I have to kind of like, take a yeah. leap. um, and, and I think we're just kind of like as consumers of things too, like we're, um, we're, we've been really conditioned to like, we love a sequel. We love a big name star. We love, yeah. like, we're, we're kind of buying into some of the glamor too. Like, sometimes like you you went to the blue note and like there was a lot of there was a lot of fame and there was a lot of like um glitz and glamour to that you know even <laughs> even in jazz like <laughs> yeah yeah like a pretty humble way too but it's like you're at the blue note you're seeing cecile you know who's like she's a celebrity you know really yeah. and and like you're at a famous place and it's like all that path the pathos and to that and it's like um you know, and that's why you buy the tote bag. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I'm like, I I'm not. needed a tote bag, Charlie. I know. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but it's like, no, like we do this and it's real. And, and it's a really complicated thing to like also be living in that, like living in the, in between those spaces, like yeah. having both the space where it's like, I have to be like, I'm kind of lying about this, but it's like, everyone lies about it. And it's like, um, it's like my work, but it's also my life. And it's like, this is the really muddy, these are the muddy waters of all of this that I think is really hard. Let's call this podcast Muddy Waters. Oh, he needs some more recognition too. Yeah, like where's his fake book? Where's the muddy waters? Yeah. <laughs> it's called, okay. okay. New, <laughs> new music. We got new weeks this music. No, we have new music this week. Oh my God, that's how it feels. From Madison Cunningham and Terry Lynn Carrington. Have you ever heard of Terry Lynn Carrington? Have we talked about her at all before? I don't think so. <laughs> Speak of the devil. <laughs> should, we, should we start Wait, there? No, um, it's okay. Should we start there? So, uh, so there's the there's the new standards. Uh, the book we talked about at our first A. There's a there's an album. This is volume one. 
of this, and um, this was also released this week-ish or something in the last yeah. week or so. I, I suggest listening to it on Apple Music because they definitely have like the better audio quality going on there. Big shout out to Apple. Thank you for not sponsoring us uh, for another week, Apple. I've been calling. But yeah, yeah. Amy it's great. Calling. Yeah. Yep, it's a great album. And um, I mean, they've talked, uh, uh, Terry Lynn Carrington has talked about like doing multiple, multiple, multiple volumes of this, which they could do kind of like in, from now until the end of time. Um, but it's got some of our favorite favorite people on here chris davis linda mahan mahan oh nicholas payton michael mayo uh ambrose akinmusari i feel like yeah. i'm very nervous about saying that but uh ravi coltrane great stuff samara joy uh, uh, julia la julian lodge yeah oh, yeah am i pronounce yeah I lodge if i pronounce any of these names right then is a great night for me. <laughs> you did all all of them correct. Did all of them? I was pretty close. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, bunch of bunch it's of interesting stacked. people and, and cool people, and like, yeah, super sad. stacked. This whole album is like all over the map too, in in really interesting ways. So I think there's something for everybody. Very cool. Definitely. What and actually, I what's kind of funny about this? I I've been thinking about this actually all for the last week or so since there's since there's been kind of the marketing push for this stuff. Like Herbie came, Herbie Hancock came out with this album in 1996 called "The New Standard," um, which is kind of funny. And and it it's like it's like Beatles tunes and like pop tunes, like <laughs> 80s and 90s and 70s and stuff. And I and it was so popular. Like it it I I think it maybe won a Grammy that year or something. But it was like everyone was talking about it and like talking about it for years. I remember like in 2001, people were still like. My teacher still bring up like, oh, have you heard this new Herbie Hancock hey. album? Yeah, he's doing pop mm -hmm. music now, and I'm like, what if what if jazz musicians have been playing since forever? <laughs> like they've all. Been <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's just it's just kind of funny. It's like every 30 years we need to release a new thing that says the new standard. The new standard. The new standard. Yeah, it's like why haven't we just been making new standards the whole time? Like why do we all of a sudden have to like wait a long time and be like, you know what? It's not just Gershwin it's anymore. It's not just Tin Pan yeah. Alley. It's not just Broadway. <laughs> like, you know, there are new things that can be standards. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you for joining the chat. Okay, um, Madison Cunningham, uh, who I don't know, I didn't know much about this week. I think I had listened to her previous album, but but it was not kind of like in my brain rattling around so much. But this new album, Revealer, that she released last week, um, is absolutely amazing it's so yeah. cool and there's a lot going on production wise and songwriting wise and like the performances are really cool and i don't know i've just been really surprised with it this has been one of the kind of albums that I, i've been surprised with it because it was not on my radar i would say not surprised uh, about it mm -hmm. for any other way but it was just not on my radar and it was like it was here and it was like people were talking about it too and and i was like oh my god this is cool but also for me my experience was it uh, my experience of it was that it took a couple listens to really kind of like fully, like fully click for me and like for me to kind of like hear different layers of the texture and all that kind of stuff. Um, not, I liked it at first, but I, I much, much, I much, I liked it more and more and more the more I listened to it, which is really cool. That's Are either of you a fan of? Yeah. We sang, wait, what year was that? Yeah. We sang, sang it for Kelly, mm -hmm, a Madison Cunningham chart at school. 
um recital that was my first introduction to her what like in a recital or no or? in uh jv she wrote some she wrote a cool arrangement yeah um, what did remember 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 yeah and it was yeah. great it was so fun to sing yeah you can yeah madison cunningham is kind of atrocious but in a good way you know what i so mean so bad i need to check her out more though because like honestly that that song and then a couple of other songs on that album are my only exposure to her i haven't really done the die i haven't i need to check this out she's fantastic but the arranging too i noticed at least on remember remember was really, really i think cool. that was kelly no but it but it was cool because i heard mm -hmm. what she arranged kind of like it was definitely like her voice but it was i feel like it, it was, was oh the essence influence. yeah the yeah. essence that's a great way to put it like the essence of madison was in there yeah, and we're just with the strings Kelly and Chang, stuff. Who's uh, one of our one of our good friends and a great, great yeah. Friend. Yes, Kelly. Kelly, also a songwriter. Thanks for listening. Who's got wow. stuff? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, cool. We're gonna wrap it up. Uh, our extra credit this week was B Bjork's 1994 home studio, which I think is funny. It's just like her sitting in a very empty room, <laughs> like with a little tiny <laughs> kind of Casio keyboard, and then one of like the uh, like an old like an old school um, like. Uh, multi-track recording thing and a couple of little speakers and she's like seems very into it and all that kind of stuff um it's funny how it's funny how like there's been such a full circle of this where it's like now probably a home re recording studio could like literally be less than this like if you look at like it's like when they um when you go to like billy eilish's and um and phineas's like house and you're like in phineas like you see the video and like there's like you're in phineas's bedroom and he's like I got my one little computer. <laughs> Look at me. Here. And that's how we did it. We did the whole thing. Billy's just like sitting on the bed, like singing this whole album. I feel like I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, why do I have an image in my brain of this? I think I've seen this video. Oh, did you see the documentary? Did you see their documentary? Yeah, that they did? I have not. No, but I that's somehow so have cool. seen this footage that you're talking about. Yeah, I think it's been I think it's been knocking around. But the, oh, I mean, it's, it's it older-ish now. But the, but there's an awesome documentary of of them. Um, mm of them like doing so i don't remember if it's like apple tv or something like that but it's on a streaming thing but um yeah. but anyways i think that that was our newsletter this week we got really sidetracked a lot but i think it was like super fun yeah, yeah it was super it. fun <laughs> um thanks for listening everybody <laughs> thanks for listening and supporting us for a music remember to like and subscribe and just a note that if you leave a review on apple Podcasts, that helps us out a lot <laughs> Anyways, oh no, right. I'm falling apart. Um, but yeah, if you leave a review, we'd love to read or highlight your comments on next week's show. Should I change that? Because we're not doing one next week. Yeah, we're probably <laughs> taking a week off. We oh actually haven't worked gosh. that out yet. But um, if you're listening to this now and you're like, man, where's the next episode? Just go back and listen to one of the older episodes or give us a, or yeah. send us a text message and ask us for money or something. <laughs> right, something like that. So. Yeah. For more, follow us on Instagram at 4A Music. Subscribe to our newsletter at 4AMusic.substack.com. Do it. I can say things. And also check out our website at 4AMusic.com. Speak of the devil, John Legend. <laughs> it's so weird to do the saying without any context, but I kind of <laughs> I like know. It. Okay. We think you're super. We'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Thank mm -hmm. you.